0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Pastor Erica and um, towards the end of May, beginning of June, um, we got a little bit of a turnaround here at Horizon. So I thought I would go ahead and share that with you and how we are currently navigating that turnaround. So um, we've been meeting here at Wright's. We asked them for three months. We're going on like eight or nine months now and um, the owner of Wright said we really kind of need this space back and so um, the last Sunday in July is our last Sunday to meet here in this place, okay? So I know that on Sunday morning your car may have been in autopilot to get here to Wrights. I'm going to need you to practice navigating a turnaround and we are going to meet for worship in a different place than this, okay? Um, We are going to be at Kate Jackson Park Community Center in Hyde Park. It's right off of Rome there in the edge of Hyde Park Village. We're going to meet there at 10 o'clock a.m. beginning Sunday, August 6th. Where are we going to be? Yes, invite your friends. That first Sunday is going to be wild and crazy and awesome, and we can't wait for you to be there. The awesome thing is that we will have worship from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and then all of the restaurants within walking distance from that place begin serving brunch or lunch at 11 a.m. So bring your favorite brunch buddy to church at 10 a.m., and then go eat afterwards, maybe after you help set up a few, uh, tear up a few um chairs or whatever you know okay so you guys is that is that a deal august 6th sunday august 6th kate jackson community center park there's a parking garage there's a parking lot and then right across from kate jackson park uh and community center is a parking garage that's probably your best bet for parking harold go ahead stand up so uh just so everybody knows (laughs) uh, So parking and everything will be a little chaotic. Mm. So in addition to the parking lot by the Kate Jackson Community Center and the parking garage, which could possibly be full that first Sunday, you can park on the street, you know, kind of just park wherever you can. But that first Sunday, Thank you, thank you, thank you. So ride your bikes that day. You can get a little workout in before church. Have some brunch afterwards. Doesn't that sound like an awesome Sunday? Uh, I'm excited about it. So we are navigating a turnaround. That's what we're talking about here at Horizon um, over the month of of July. And, um, you know, has anybody here ever been to a dead end? Ever gotten to a dead end at a road? Like maybe even accidentally there. You know what is at the end of a dead end? Anybody know what's at the end of a dead end? It's an opportunity for a turnaround. There's an opportunity for a turnaround at at a dead end. If you are at a dead end this morning, at your job, in your relationship, your marriage, in your home, with an addiction, anxiety, depression, Whatever it is this morning, if you are at a dead end, I need to tell you about our God who at, the, at, a, at a dead end creates an opportunity for turnaround. He did this. Our God did this through Jesus Christ. I usually leave this part for the end of the sermon, but we might as well start here this morning. God created the best turnaround ever at a dead end. Everybody in the world is staring at God's only Son, Jesus Christ, hanged on a cross. They watched Him die, y'all. They watched Him be put in in a grave, in a cave. They watched a boulder be rolled in front of it. The road ended, guys. It was a dead end. And I need you to know what our God does at a dead end. He rolls the stone away and created the best turnaround ever. Jesus rose again from the dead. And let me tell you what that means. When you step into that faith and that power, whatever dead end it is you're looking at this morning has no more power because you are sitting in the seats of a church that believes our God creates amazing turnarounds at a dead end. Amen? Amen. Whatever dead end it is you're facing this morning, I need you to know that through Jesus Christ, our God created a turnaround opportunity for you. Now at the dead end, okay, you've reached the dead end, you have two options at the dead end, okay? Pedal to the metal, Slide into the turn to the dead end sideways and get turned around back in the right spot. Gravel going everywhere, dirt, skid marks, the brink of catastrophe, right? That's one way you can navigate a turnaround at a dead end. I'll let you guess uh, how I handle turnarounds. Uh, <laughs> it is not a graceful three-point turnaround. So if you are here this morning and you navigate the turnarounds in your life, full speed, lock it down, brink of capa- catastrophe, donut, skid mark kind of turnaround. You are in the right place because your pastor loves turnarounds like that. I fi- Sorry if that scares any of you. Don't worry. Our co-pastor gets to a dead end and he trans-navigates. Chris, can you wave at everybody? Chris trans-navigates dead ends the best of anybody I've ever seen. Comes to a nice, graceful stop executes the most beautiful three-point turnaround that you have ever seen, and heads back in a different direction. If you are here this morning and that's the kind of turnaround you prefer, I need you to hear this. Our God provides those kinds of turnarounds too. Whatever kind of turnaround it is that you need in your life this morning, our God will provide a turnaround at a dead end. Our God will provide a turnaround at a dead end because it doesn't really matter how you approach the turnaround. It just matters that you get headed in the right direction. It doesn't matter how you approach the turnaround. The only thing that matters is that you trust God for the turnaround. This morning, I want to share with you all why this message series has been so powerful and important in my life and it's because in the last couple of months i have navigated one of the most significant turnarounds of my entire life i'm going to read a lot this morning from this um, just because it helps keep all the notes and stuff uh, correct and i might even get a little emotional because the last few months of my life I have helped and been a part of of navigating a turnaround that God provided and it has changed everything. And so I'm here to tell you this morning that that's the kind of turnaround I've been praying for those of you who are sitting in these seats this morning. Let me be clear that I didn't do anything illegal or unethical ahead of this. So if some of y'all are like, what in the world did this woman up here do. Um, It wasn't anything crazy like that, but I did make a hard turnaround. Most of you know that our church purchased Panorama Bowling Lanes about 15 months ago. We excitedly made this purchase, um, excited about the way that this building could help us connect to new people in new ways. Okay, we were excited that the money that you all give will be spent 100% for mission and ministry, and that partnering with a bowling alley operator would provide the opportunity for the building to sort of pay for itself so that we can be 110% connecting new people to the hope and the good news and the new life offered through Jesus Christ for people at dead ends who need a turnaround. We were going to have a building in the heart of South Tampa on the corner of Dale Mabry and Gandy for people to navigate the turnarounds of their lives. And almost a year after the purchase, things weren't moving. We were stuck. Construction was stalled. There was a lack of vision about the future. Things felt murky and unclear. The leaders of this church, our administrative board, Chris and myself, were working hard and it honestly felt like we were swimming upstream. We were exhausted and tired and confused and it looked like no end was in sight. Looking back at, that, at those moments, it is so clear to me now that we needed a turnaround, but I was moving so fast. My arms were pumping so hard. My feet were kicking. I was moving so fast that I couldn't even recognize there might need to be a turnaround. There was a moment... In that, by the grace of God, there was a moment that it became clear that moving forward with the amount of stress and energy and distraction that it was, keep, it was taking to just keep that thing going was going to wipe me out. And so I know what y'all are thinking. Pastors are supposed to pray really hard before you get to moments like this. I don't know, guys. I don't know if any amount of prayer can sometimes keep you from, from getting to the dead end. I just know that sometimes whatever is going on in life, just it, it is clear to you that you are at a dead end. And so I I just, I, I, I was having a hard time being honest with God or with myself or anyone else, how dark it was, how hard it was to keep being the pastor of this church, renovating the bowling alley and navigating conversations with operators. I was not in a good place. And a few friends, thank you God, by the grace of God, a few friends began to notice. I had some really good friends, some really good friends who helped me, who spoke God's truth to me in a way that offered grace and goodness and even though at the moment it was it was kind of hard to hear sometimes it was a gift of God's grace when they said when they came to my house or took me out to coffee and they said to me I think God has something different for us so I remember in this particular moment when it was so clear that we just couldn't couldn't keep going. I remember praying all night long one night. I don't know if anybody else does this, but 10 o'clock at night is my favorite time to uh, have really meaningful conversations with Chris, and 10 o'clock is his bedtime. That is not the time he enjoys having uh, those meaningful, deep conversations. So Chris was literally like, thank you, Jesus, for listening to her (laughs) have this this moment, right? But I I prayed all night, one night all night long, tears, begging God to rescue us from this mess that we that I had created, and I told God. I told God. God, if you can turn this thing around, I promise. I promise to give you all glory for it. I promise To point people to you in the midst of this turnaround. God, please just rescue me from this. I remember, I remember praying, God, I don't just want me to be saved from this, but the work that people in this church have committed to for five years, I want it to matter. I want other people to get to experience God's grace and goodness through the work of our church. God, please just rescue us from this mess that we find ourselves in. God, God, please just move. If you are hearing any light in this story, it is because God takes us in those moments of despair and God rescues us us because you are worth it god's dream for your life is not for you to spend your life spinning your wheels swimming upstream god's dream for your life is that you are freed for the abundant life that god has for you and for a world desperate for it this turnaround that you need is never just about you. The story God is writing in you, in your life and on your heart will be used for the glory of God and in the lives of lots of other people. God will use our turnarounds to shine God's light and ignite God's change. And I remember praying for that to happen. It was so clear in that moment that we had to stop everything. Construction, conversations about the lease, design, it everything just needed to come to a stop and we needed to get realigned about where we were headed. I know y'all are like, oh, that sounds great. Just, you know, gently stop. But y'all know how I, I head into uh, turnarounds. It was like pedal to the metal, little screeching halt. It was hard. This was the hardest thing that I've ever been a part of was to say we've got to stop and turn a different direction. If you are staring at a turnaround that God has for you and you think it is almost impossible, I need you to hear this. God's grace and goodness is better than the direction you are headed, I promise you. I promise you, if you lean into it and let God turn it around, you will experience a peace and a joy and a goodness that headed full steam in the wrong direction is never going to give you. We stopped. I I didn't want to make the calls. I didn't want to do it. But people surrounded us and we turned this thing around. I remember calling the calmest, yet most straightforward person. I know Matt Phillips. He's right back there running our slides. Um, right back there. He, he's one of the leaders in our church. And he, he doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't say a lot. He's a little bit more like Chris. He, but when he does speak, we listen. And I, I called him and I said, Matt, I think we've got to stop how we're moving forward and we've got to do a turnaround. And he said, okay. And I was like, really? That's uh, He's like, yeah. If, if that's what we need to do, We're going to support you. Let's do it. And I remember he said two words that I will never forget as long as I live. He said, be faithful. Be faithful. If you find yourself in need of a turnaround, get you a person around you who will encourage you. It does not mean they're going to show up with pom-poms and fireworks sometimes. It might mean they speak two words over you and pray it for you. Be faithful. And so that's what we did. The next few weeks were pretty difficult. You guys may have noticed that I didn't preach for a few weeks. I went to the woods of North Carolina and I literally sat by myself and I begged God to bless this turnaround. Please, God, don't let the wheels fall off of this thing. Not because I wanted it to work for me, but because I wanted it to work for you all. Because, for whatever reason, in the midst of turnarounds, God does something in our hearts and our minds and our brains that only God can do. We're not just thinking about how we get out of the mess, but in the midst of a turnaround, God begins to change our hearts and we begin to care about the people around us. God, for the kids at Chermonti, God, for the teens that are in foster care who are going to need a duffel bag full of stuff so they know they are loved. God, for people who've been in bowling leagues and the only way they know how to connect with anybody else is with a bowling ball, help us to connect them with Jesus, God. In the middle of the woods of North Carolina, I remember praying for this. And I'll give you the end of the story over the next couple weeks, but I need you to know this. That I have looked with my own eyes, I have felt with my own heart, I have touched with my own hands the goodness that God does in the midst of a turnaround. We've been meeting with people who are so excited about what's happening at Penram. It literally, the narrative has shifted and our people are excited. There are people in the community excited. There are people ready to come alongside of us, ready to partner, not for how much money a bowling alley can make, but how many lives can be changed because a church dared to dream that God could do something amazing if they are innovative and risk-takers. God will bless your turnaround. What dead end are you staring at? Can you trust God to do the turnaround. There's one story in the Bible. We're going to get to this now, okay? Y'all ready? There's one story in the Bible that helps me know more about turnarounds than anything else. It is Jonah. Anybody here ever heard of Jonah? Seen the veggie tales? A whale comes along, swallows up Jonah. And he lives in the belly of the whale. Come on. Y'all know this, right? You've heard this story of Jonah. This is, this is what happens to Jonah, right? God says, Jonah, I want you to be a prophet. I want you to go to Nineveh. It's this desert in the middle of Iraq. I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to tell the people there that what they're doing is wrong. They need to repent and turn around and follow me and my goodness. And Jonah's like, nope, I'm not doing that. So you know what he does? hops on a boat and heads to the beach in Spain. That's like my kind of dude, right? Like if you're not going to do the turnaround, God asks you, you might as well go to a beautiful beach in Spain instead of the desert in Iraq, right? So he gets on this boat with these folks, takes a nap underboard, and all of a sudden this boat, he's on this boat with these guys headed to the beach in Spain, and all of a sudden this boat hits this terrible storm, like terrible storm. And these guys are like, somebody go get that dude sleeping in the bottom of our boat and tell him, like, we need some help up here. And so Jonah gets up to the top of the boat, and he's like, um, this might be my fault, so I'm not doing what God told me to do. And, like, the boat's about to, like, capsize. It's really, um, like, an emergency situation, and Jonah's like... Yeah, God asked me to go to Nineveh, and I decided that I wanted to go to the beach instead. And these guys are like, what? Get off our boat, dude. So they throw him in the water in the middle of a storm. Um, You need you some friends like this. If anybody here is navigating a turnaround, get you some friends who love you enough to throw you in the ocean if you need it. You know, you you need a good little washing here. So in the middle of the storm, they throw Jonah and then a fish comes and swallows him up. Now, some of y'all are like, did this story really happen? It doesn't matter. Okay, Jonah tells this story because all of us, whether it's a fish or something else, we know what it's like to be so silly that we think it's a good idea to go against what God has asked us to do and to do what we want to do. And it is as silly as hopping on a boat headed somewhere else and you know what it's like to create a mess for you and for the people around you. You know what this is like. And you know what it's like that your friends are over it. The people who love you are way over it and they just want to throw you off the boat. And you know what it feels like for something to swallow you whole. You know what that feels like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about this. This story points us to the truth of our human nature. There are moments when God has something for us, and we think we know better, and we do our own thing. And I need y'all to hear what happens to Jonah. There's this moment where this fish swallows him, swallows him up, and then I want y'all to hear what he prays in the middle, Jonah chapter two. Uh, verse 1. From inside the fish, this is the prayer that Jonah prays to the Lord. If you are in the middle of being swallowed up and you recognize that you need to turn around, this is his prayer. Go to Jonah, chapter 2, verse 1, and pray this prayer to God. In my distress... Some of us wait until things are on the brink of disaster before we reach out to God. But in his distress, he still called to the Lord. And guess what happens every time we do this? Read it with me, God. Y'all, He answered me. When you call out to God, what's going to happen? He's going to answer. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you, God, you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. I'm going to turn my gaze from this mess that I've been chasing, and I'm going to look instead at you and your goodness your temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. That's a terrible situation to be in. I'm sure it smelled awful. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away. I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Listen to this. Those who cling to worthless idols, those who chase things that don't matter, turn away. When we do that, we turn away from God's love to them. But Jonah says, I'm turning around right now. I, with shouts of grateful praise, I'm in a sacrifice to you. What I vowed, I vowed that I, I would follow you all the days of my life. I will make good on my promise, Jonah says. I will tell people that salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. I just didn't want you to think Jonah was too awesome. I mean, the, the man got vomited out by a fish onto dry land. Um, it's not the, the greatest way to go out. But th- there are three things that this story teaches us to do in the middle of a turnaround. The first is do not make mistake a swim for a deep dive. When you've hit a storm, when you've hit a dead end, the seas are stormy and crazy. You know where it gets calm? Beneath the surface. Do not mistake a swim for a deep dive. If you are swimming as hard as you can upstream, it might be time for you to take a deep dive. What are the issues and the things in your life that God might invite you to to look straight on at to begin to wrestle with, what, is there counseling that God may want you to have? Is there a, a small group or a support group or an addiction that you actually need to face? Do not mistake a swim for an opportunity that God has given you for a deep dive. In the midst of the storm, what did it say? What did, uh, what did uh, Jonah say? He said, you sent me to the depths, right? He went down deep. If you are ready for a turnaround, it might be time to get deep. Don't just go for a swim. Do a deep dive in the midst of this turnaround. This is what Jonah did. He got off the boat and he went into deep water. It's what I did. I I said, we can no longer survive like this. Let's get deep and figure out what it is God wants for us in this moment. Listen, this is important. Do not mistake rejection for correction. When they threw him off the boat... They weren't rejecting him. They were correcting the situation the best way they could. When God had a fish swallow him up, God wasn't rejecting Jonah. He was never banished from his goodness and his presence and his power. He was not rejected. He had an opportunity for correction. If you feel like you are being rejected right now, that is not our God. Our God corrects. Even in the moments of pain and despair, look at the way that God's grace is changing you and turning your heart. Don't mistake rejection for correction. God is correcting you because God loves you and wants you. I don't mean God causes bad, terrible storms. I mean sometimes we create these storms and these messes in our own lives and God offers an opportunity for correction in the midst of them every single time because of His grace and goodness. Let's be thankful for it. Don't mistake correction for rejection. And then the final thing is don't mistake being buried for being planted. He felt like he was in the depths of a pit, right? He says this. And what God was really doing was giving him a chance to grow his roots into the salvation and goodness and the promise that God had made to him and that he had made unto God. When you feel like you might be buried beneath the shame and the pain of the world, I need you to hear this. Our God gives an opportunity for seeds to burst forth, for roots to dig down into good soil, and for something beautiful and amazing to sprout out the top. And the world sees it and they think only God. Only God could create something like this from a seed thrown in the dirt. That is what God is going to do in your lives. Do not mistake being buried for being planted. If y'all will for just a second, I think all of us might be in some kind of turnaround this morning. And I just want you to, if you'll go to that Psalm 51, um, 10, that last verse. I want you guys. If you'll just click on that blank slide up at the beginning, it'll. There you go. Uh, Maybe. Sorry. All right. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Um, Psalm 51:10 says, "Give." (laughs) I'm I'm gonna turn to my Bible here. Sorry about that, guys. There we go. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) This is what turnarounds feel like sometimes. This is you know the six-point turnaround. um, this is a prayer that I want to invite you to pray. Get out your phones, take a picture of it right now. Maybe every, day, every morning this week, this is your prayer. That God, if God is doing some kind of turnaround in you, create in me a pure heart, oh God. Because when you get to a dead end, you begin to recognize what all your heart has been chasing, and it's not pure and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Help me quit swimming upstream and give me the strength, the spirit for a steadfast, rooted life. Take a picture of this and let this be your heart, your prayer for your heart this week. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Listen, I just want to offer you a, a, an opportunity this morning. If you have never trusted Jesus Christ, for the turnaround in your life. I pray this will be the morning that you do that. Chris is, Chris and I are going to be standing right there in the back. Come pray with us. We would love to pray for you to make this next step. If your life is at a dead end and you are ready to trust Jesus for the turnaround, He creates turnaround opportunities that will blow your mind. And so this is the morning for you to say yes to that turnaround with Jesus, okay? I need you, I need you to know that invitation is here for you this morning. Will you pray with me? God, I pray for the hearts of these people, that you will make them pure this morning, that those facing a dead end and needing a turnaround, God, will trust you and your grace and goodness to do it in them. I pray, God, that you will make these people steadfast. In a world that's rushed and hurried and will wear us out, God, I pray you'll use these people to be steadfast, pointing people to your light and your goodness and your glory. And I pray, God, you will use us all to shine your light and ignite your change, even as you do that for us. Amen.